This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. It's the day, day edition. So as the announcer just said, get your Bible questions ready. Today I'll tell you, get your Paula questions ready. Whatever's on your heart or mind, we'd love to have your calls. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And as I just said, this is the date day edition of our program. And Paula is live in studio with me. Praise the Lord for that. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Woody. I better give them phone numbers if they want to call and talk to you. Okay, go ahead. 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app and send your questions in that way. If you are driving in your car on this beautiful warm day, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time for our main number, it's 340-9585. Paula, it's your show. Ta-da! <laughs> um, so I want to remind first, hi everybody, God bless you. But uh, I want to remind all the ladies that this coming Monday, June 8th, we start our Sweet Summer Devotion Series. And the theme this year is, I Called, You Answered. And um, I want to just read some of the, the verses. Well, the one verse is Romans ten thirteen, But um, it says in verse 13, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. So... Um, this, let me see, it's going to be the 8th, the 15th, and the 22nd. And I know on our calendar, the 22nd, we were not going to have a Sweet Summer Devotion, but uh, we've changed. We're going to go on vacation, Pastor Ron and I, and so I didn't want to miss uh, many of the ladies, so we've moved uh, one of the ladies up to the 22nd. And then we'll we'll be off the 29th, and then 
whatever that next Monday is the 6th. But we will have a, a study on the on the 13th, but I won't, I won't make that one. And the so, Sweet, Sweet Summer Devotion Series is real okay. popular, so we'll have a Well, we'll a update you with the dates as we go. So, um, but this coming Monday starts Sweet Summer Devotion. Um, I called and you answered. Of course, the you is, is Jesus. And if I can get to my... my well, once you do that, while well, we take a phone call. Okay. And then we'll do that. Let's go to okay. San Antonio, Texas on line one. Marion, Marion, thanks for calling. You're on the air. of service that you've given to the Lord. I listen oh, to your program you. uh, quite frequently, and, and you have excellent answers. And I know that you guys study the Bible and everything, so I just wanted to thank you all for that. Uh, the reason Thanks, for man. my call was yesterday. Uh, you, you had a very good answer for the gentleman that was, you know, seeking divorce, and he was trying to get back with his wife and everything. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was really amazed at the services that you all had available for him. So I, I really liked your answer. I just wanted to add one little addendum to it that I don't think you put in there, and this is just my opinion, but uh, I know you're going to be talking to him again because you said you wanted to get with him and stuff like that. The only thing that, because I was thinking how how would I have answered it, and one of the first things that I would have probably said is, look, the Bible says not to have any other gods before uh, God Almighty, and I felt like he was almost elevating his former wife to to a goddess, and, and that was kind of one of the first steps that he needed to get out of his way to quit focusing on his wife as God, but f- uh, focus on Jesus Christ and God Almighty. So uh, it, it's just a little addendum that I thought you guys might, when you meet the gentleman, uh, and, and our hearts go out to him, and like you said, we need to pray for him. And, and mm-hmm. I, I really loved your answer. I just thought that might be something that could be added to it. That's all. Thank you, Marion. I appreciate your heart to the call. Uh, one thing I will say, I, I did tell him that, you know, it, this can't be about getting his wife back. It can't be about getting his family back. Uh, he was guilty of sin, and there, there, there are consequences, and sometimes that's not part of God's plan. The, the problem, Marion, in, in, um, uh, when, when we talk to somebody in a situation like that, and, um, you know, it's easy to give them Bible verses, uh, Romans eight twenty eight or... Um, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Or in this case, thou shalt have no other God. Your assessment is dead on. Um, He he was hurting so badly because of the rejection of his wife um, that he wasn't able to focus on Jesus. I told him right now, you've got to get your eyes and your heart on Jesus because he's the one, the only one who can provide you any comfort. Um, but, but you also have to, in a counseling situation like that, you've got to take a, the temperature of the emotional pain. And this was a guy that, that was suicidal. Um, um, and, you know, I can throw Bible verses at him and um, push him over the edge. That's not my intent. You know, there's, there's not much real counseling that can happen on a radio program, Paul. And so what you do is... Um, you, you just hope the Holy Spirit's leading and you say the right things, but you do it in a way that uh, would, would cause him to look up instead of out. And I think I said that a bunch of times. So, Marion, your assessment is exactly right. And I'm grateful that you called. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that very, very much. Yeah. Keep playing for Philip, by the way. That's the name of the caller. And, and if you will uh, keep praying for him, I know that we will all appreciate it. Uh, he's not out of the deep water yet. Yeah, no, he's, he's in the deep water. Uh, so, 
I called, you answered, and then how will people know about Jesus if they've not been told, and how will they hear if someone's not sent? So I'm going to read you a, an email that I got right before I came over here. Um, and it says, it's kind of long, but it, it's, it's well worth listening to. Good morning, Mama Paula. I pray all is well with everyone. I am writing with wonderful news and want to give my wholehearted thanks to you and everyone at Calvary Chapel, our family, through Jesus Christ. I found out on our drive home from last night's services that my daughter gave her life to Jesus Monday at home. I'm leaving out names on purpose because I don't want to maybe take a chance with, uh, and the mom already gave me permission to use names, but, you know, the daughter is young, so I'm just going to overlook that. We had a conversation Monday because she was having fear about all that is going on in the world. I told her we all need Jesus, and he is the only answer. I explained that the world is a fallen world and is not going to get better. Sin took over when Adam and Eve first sinned. She told me she just didn't believe in everything in the Bible and said that other people say different things. That is why we need to read the Bible, and Pastor Ron reads and teaches straight from the Bible. I gave her my testimony, which I had never done before, and told her I was on my way to hell, but Jesus saved me. I didn't understand what it meant having a relationship with Jesus. She said, well, I want to give my life to him, but I just don't know. I said, well, what would be the downfall? What is happening now is so very tiny compared to what they say the great tribulation is. Eternal life with God in heaven where there is no pain, no suffering, nothing bad, just all wonderful and beautiful with the one who loves you the most and created you. He loves you infinitely more than I do. Imagine that. <laughs> I took my daughter last night to service thinking she would take the altar call but found out she gave her life to Jesus Monday after our conversation. She said she felt that Pastor Ron was talking to her Sunday, saying there are some that don't want to give their life to Jesus because they are scared of the consequences. I knew God was working on her. The Holy Spirit was moving in her heart. I asked her if she believes that Jesus died for our sins and that he didn't stay dead. He arose three days after they killed him. She said, yes. I said, do you believe he is your Lord and Savior? She said, yes. I believed her because she didn't want to say, well, I'm not sure. It was yes, and she was happy when we hugged. <laughs> it wasn't the leave me alone, I don't want to talk about it, daughter, anymore. Thank you, Jesus, she says. Again, I'm sorry for the long letter. I'm so grateful and thankful for your continued prayers and love for us. Y'all are always in my prayers. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Texas. We baby. live in Texas, yes. <laughs> and yeah. and for clarity's sake, the, the, this is a 15-year-old girl. The girl is 15. Yeah, and and that's just awesome. Yeah. You know, um, to explain to the audience on Sunday, uh, I, I always give invitations. Mm-hmm. There's never a Sunday or Wednesday or Friday yeah. when I got a pulpit that, that I don't give invitations. And on Sunday, in two of the services, after giving the invitations uh, that the Lord put on my heart, two of them in this particular case, um, I step back from the pulpit, the music plays, and we give people an opportunity to respond. And almost instantly, the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, there are some people in the audience who want to give their life to me, mm-hmm. but they're afraid of the consequences or what they're going to have to give up. And, and Jesus is telling you, he will bless you abundantly. It'll be the best choice you ever made. And then I, I stepped up the microphone and said that. Then I stepped back again, and we give an opportunity. This is when 
the writer of this email thought her daughter was going to come forward. Mm -hmm. But see, God was speaking to her. Mm -hmm. That's the Spirit moving in her, the Spirit moving upon me. That's the way the gifts of the Spirit flow Mm -hmm. in a a church where Jesus is the center Mm -hmm. and the Bible is sort of the engine Mm -hmm. for for all of us. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful, what a wonderful. And you know, Paula, there there are so many teenagers right now who are terrified in this world. All the things going on, everything from viruses to protests to the world's uh, going to confusion. End. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I, I was telling you before that that our world has turned into a world of chicken littles. Yeah. You know, the sky's falling. The sky's falling, and fear is rampant. Yeah. And I can't imagine the 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 impact that fear is having on a lot of these underdeveloped. And by that, I simply mean they're immature. They're they're not old enough to have life experience yet. Uh, but these these um, uh, young minds and hearts, um, the emotions going on, and uh, you know, no wonder so many kids just sort of retreat to their bedroom, close the door, and sit on their telephones. Uh, there, there's just a constant flow of negative, and um, it's good to know that the Lord is working on 15-year-olds. Yeah, I went. You know, I, I dropped you off after our appointment, and I wanted to run home real quick before I came back over here, and I was just saying to the Lord. Lord, I don't want to just be on the radio, you know, because when the pandemic started, that's all we talked about. And now uh, this craziness that's going on, that's all that's, you know, everywhere you turn around. And um, I said, Lord, you got to give me something, please. And so as soon as I said, you know, like, amen, this this email popped up. And I was, you know, Acts seventeen twenty six. the Lord puts us in the exact place at the right time that it'll make it easier to find him. And sometimes it takes scary stuff for people to really start thinking about their eternity, where they're going to spend it. You know, I got we got people, friends and family, calling from all over the place. Pray for my brother. He's a police officer in the Bay Area. You know, please, Lord, keep him safe. He's a believer. Praise God. But then there's other people, like in Chicago, we have family members here who are calling and saying, please pray because people are looting their homes. I mean, what's that got to do with, you know, kind of, and so I just, the, all the negative and the Lord is allowing this, of course, you know, the, with the Corona, you know, the fear that, and he's like shaking out, you say in your, the body, shaking out the body. Do we really believe in the Lord? And can we trust him to know that he knows our our days are, are numbered, but he knows the number of them and we don't have to be so fearful about everything. Um, and now with this, you can see the anger of Christians. And the Lord says, you know, I'm, I'm cleaning you out if you give me an opportunity. Um, and I've been reading Colossians <clears throat> and talking about the new life in Christ for Christians. And the whole chapter is awesome, but um, for Christians and some Christians, because they're listening to the news 24-7, and they're living in the fear, and the anger is rearing up. And that's that's just who we are, to tell you the truth. It says, but for Christians, since you have been raised with, to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So, verse 5 says, So put to death the sinful earthly things. Here's a key word. Lurking within you. 
So fear and anger is lurking within us. He, he goes on to say, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of, the, of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Verse 7, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Verse 8, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. He's talking to Christians as am I reading this. The ugly things that we are seeing and hearing Christians say and do is because that old sinful nature is still lurking within. And because the Holy Spirit lives within us, we do have a choice. And so, you know, yesterday, uh, some of the pastor's wives and I got together to pray. And um, without mentioning names, they're saying, you know, some of our very own people, our brothers and sisters in Christ, not necessarily those here in our body, but I'm sure they're not excluded either, are um, saying and doing horrible things that don't rightly represent the Lord at all. And so um, we all need to go back and look mm -hmm. at Colossians. And, and, and you're, you're talking about social media. They're, they're, social media, yeah. yeah, for sure. Even just emails and texts. See, I wish the sons of thunder were here. We could call down thunder and mm -hmm. lightning on the social media world because it's, it's, it's moving our world. You know, it's moving our world. And, and sadly, when, when Christians' minds and hearts get off things above, and focus on the things of this world, that same force, that same power, the, the devil's called the prince, little P of the air, mm -hmm. and, and, and he's moving the hearts and minds of Christians, and we're no longer looking up, and we're, 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 we're polarizing uh, against one another, we're, we're, well, you're against this, I'm for this, and, mm -hmm. and you know, we can't be friends kind of thing, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, Paul, it's, it's tragedy, it's an absolute tragedy yeah. that we are not focusing on things above. Yeah. We're, we're losing our way, and that, that loss is being shaped and molded by the, the little G God of the air. Yeah. Can you imagine? They call you Papa Ron, and I'm Mama Paula. And the they is red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. How am I going to choose? I don't want to choose. I'm so thankful God has given me a gift to just love people, saved and unsaved. I love the saved, want, to, want us all to grow more like Christ. But for the unsaved, they have no idea. Jesus on the cross says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, I know Mr. Floyd was, after a while, I'm sure he was thinking, Father, forgive them for he know not what he does. He, he had no idea it's going to turn out like this. Our country is going crazy with the anger and the fear. Verse 11 in Colossians 3 says, In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or Gentile, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Evidently, it matters if you're different colors or just verse 12. He's talking to Christians. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must, must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Verse 16, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Verse 17, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And you know what Christians need to be doing? The rest of that chapter. Wives, we need to be home mm-hmm. submitting to our husbands, which is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands need to be home loving their wives and uh, never treating them harshly. Yeah. And I, the last verse in this is what we can get to it later. Go ahead. We do have a call. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's get back to that because it's. I think there's some really good stuff there. Let's go to line one. Melissa from San Antonio. Melissa, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. Hi, Paula. How are you? Hi, Melissa. This is one of our sweet Hi. summer devotion speakers, by the way. She sure is. <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to thank you for your message last night. I have a friend in California that I actually invited to watch your live uh, show. Uh, She's actually listening today, too. I wanted to say hi to Belen. Um, (laughs) Hi, Belen! (laughs) She's she's actually uh, said to me last night that your message just spoke directly to her because she's now in the process of thinking about moving out of California and, um, you know, the delay process that, that Abram went through with Tehran. And <laughs> so if you can just, like, speak on that a little bit about that stepping out on faith to, to you know, like, touch her spirit and give her that little nudge to, oh. you know, um, mm. to pray on I can on do that. that, Melissa. I can do that. Thank okay. you very, very much. And I'll, uh, I'll speak. Thank you. Okay. Oh, okay. Let, me, let me speak directly to you, Belen, wherever you are in California. Um, the enemy is always going to have somebody who will be your own personal Terra. Now, for the audience, Terra was Abraham or Abraham's father. He was an idol worshiper, as was Abraham. But when Abraham had a, a revelation of God, God said, leave your family, leave your, 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 your people, go to a place I will show you. Um, um, Terah, who was supposed to be left behind, uh, sort of invited himself along the way. And it, and it caused um, Abraham 13 years of waste. Now, he was going to be faithful. We know how it turned out. But 13 years are wasted. I don't know how old you are, Belen, but, but nobody in this day and age, especially in these last days when Jesus is preparing to return, nobody has 13 years to waste. So here's what you do. And I said this in the Bible study last night. Throw off everything that hinders. In some cases, that means you've got to get some people out of your lives. And it's scary. You don't know what's going to happen when you move. But the thing is, it's not dependent upon you it's dependent upon him and as long as you're faithful as long as you're obedient um, be be scared but just be obedient scared and and God will show off for you 
It doesn't mean your life will be easy. It just means that there's a whole bunch of series of trials and tests, just like there was for Abraham coming along. And the only thing that you really need to do at this point is say, okay, Lord, I'm scared, but I'm with you. Uh, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I call them by name and they follow me. So don't waste another minute. If God is the one who's speaking to your heart, and you know whether that's true, I don't. But if God is the one speaking to your heart, there is nothing about disobedience that will be a blessing to you. Uh, if, if circumstances make it impossible to leave right away, well, then you start preparing to leave, and God will open those doors. And uh, I promise you, Belinda's got a great plan for your life. Uh, Paula and I made this exact trip 25 years ago. Uh, and as scary as it was, and as hard as things have been from time to time, believe me, this has been the best 25 years of our lives. And we have been blessed beyond our ability to comprehend. You know, uh, Ephesians 3 says that, that, that he will bless us um, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing he has in Christ, more than we can ask or imagine. And that's exactly what he's done. If I would have delayed, if I would have stayed in California instead of coming here, because that's where the Lord prepared us to come, um, man, we would have been ripped off. Really, we would have been ripped off. Melissa, I'll be praying for your friend, Belen. God bless you. I hope to see you sometime soon. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the word to stand up for life. We'll be back in two minutes. If you have questions about the Bible, you can send them to Pastor Ron and he'll answer them on the air or reply directly to you. Email your questions to PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program. We've got 30 minutes left. Whatever's on your heart, Paula is here to provide the answer, 340-9585. And she looks really smart today. Yeah, I'm with my glasses on, right? Well, you always have a glass on. You just look really smart today. Oh, sweet. (laughs) <laughs> hey, uh, we got good news this week. Before we get back into our conversation, waiting for your phone calls, uh, we got really good news. Uh, the governor has removed all attendance restrictions uh, from houses of worship, so um, we we don't have to sit a row apart. We won't ever have to turn anybody away like we did this past Sunday mm-hmm. again. So church is back, and there's no restrictions. So. Uh, uh, those of you who are in the audience and, and those of you who go to your own churches, get back in church, get back in fellowship. It's more important now than ever before. You know, Paula, what you, what you really get your mind on things above and your heart mm-hmm. set on things above. Mm-hmm. I always say the mind is the place of decision. The heart is the place of affection. Mm-hmm. And the mind follows the heart. And so if our heart's for Jesus, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna decide to follow Jesus. The old hymn says, no turning back. Um, but, but if you're not in fellowship, I mean, this is an integral part of our Christian walk. If you're not in fellowship, your heart is going to get turned outward instead of upward. So is your mind. And, and uh, church is where we need to be. Mm-hmm. 
And I hope everybody goes back to church this weekend. Uh, for us, it's Communion Sunday. It is in a lot of churches on the first Sunday of the month. Uh, go back w- with a new sense of, I-, I missed it so much. I've missed the fellowship. I was watching one of the California churches that opened up uh, on May 31st, last Sunday, mm-hmm. um, against the governor's orders. And the place was absolutely packed. There was probably 2,000 people in there. And um, just when when the worship started, just sort of as one, the people just stood up and started clapping. Mm-hmm. They were so glad to be home. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what church is. And there's no longer any restrictions at all uh, for, for uh, houses of worship. So I think Sunday's a good time to worship the Lord. And if you want to get a day or two head start on it, we have church tomorrow, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, yeah. Friday night at 7 o'clock. It's a really ugly message, though. It's, it's well, Second Peter chapter 2. The, it's the, warning us about... The end about false teachers. Yeah, yeah, and why so many, even Christians, get turned to go the wrong way. Because, you know, I, I remember listening to a false teacher when I was younger, and these kind of things would not have happened. If I'm a Christian, my life is just going to be all roses and no problems, and God's going to pay my rent. He's gonna, you know, he's going to do everything for me, and all I have to do is say, you know, oh, I'm a Christian. But that's just not how it is. He said in this world we will have tribulation, but how are we going to handle it? And so I, learn, I get to learn how to handle it um, by coming and being in fellowship. I get to, because the Lord's given me that gift of encouragement. Um, I'm going to be around a lot of discouraged people because of that, but I get to say, yeah, but Jesus loves you so much. And remember, he'll never leave you or forsake you. You, sh- you should get a T-shirt with just one thing on it. You What's should wear it every day. Okay, go ahead. Just the finger pointing up. Okay. Because that's the answer. they got to be in all but, different colors because I'm not about wearing yeah, well, the same thing well, every day. You, hey, <laughs> you can get whatever colors you want. But just a big finger yeah. pointing up. You know, yeah. the Jesus movement. The, the, we call them Jesus freaks back in the day. But I was not one of them at the time. But... Every time you talk to them, they have this silly smile on their face and a finger pointing up like one way, one way. Mm-hmm. Well, it's still the same truth. Yeah. There's still one truth. And we need that now more desperately than ever. You know, Paul, you were talking earlier about the effects of the virus and, and now the, the craziness that's going on in this world. Um, it, it's amazing how this virus that changed our world overnight, yeah. uh, nine weeks ago, changed our world and suddenly it's no longer even a factor now we've got thousands and thousands of people tens of thousands of people all over the country protesting in the streets and and there's not one politician mayor or otherwise who's sounding the call well well, you know we we are in a quarantine you need to get back home nobody's saying that Mm -hmm. because now there's a new little g-god in their life and it's injustice now injustice is a bad thing. What happened in Minneapolis is a horrific thing. But the answer is still the same. And George Floyd, if we could talk to him now, would say to us one thing, you know what, it's just about Jesus. It's not about any of this, it's just about Jesus. And and we're seeing Christians, you, you talked earlier about social media, we're seeing Christians whose opinions are being formed by social media instead of Christians who are focused on and clinging to the Word of God. You brought up Paula Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Um, I had a question earlier this week about white privilege and should we apologize for racism in the past and all those things. 
uh, should we apologize for being white? Should we apologize for being born into privilege? Um, you know, God put us where we are at the time we need to be there. He made us who we are at this time so that we could point to him. And we Christians are having our focus changed. And the passage that you read from Colossians chapter 3 mm-hmm. is all about looking up and staying there. Yeah. And, and if you do, it'll change your behavior. If you don't, then your behavior is going to be what you see. And that's why you see Christians uh, involved in these protests and, 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 and sounding and looking like the other protesters who know not the Lord. And it's just not something that we should be caught up in. I have no problem with Christians being in this protest. Yeah, I, but they've got to act like Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and please hear my heart on this, audience. If you're at a protest, your only mission there is to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. The injustice has always been. It always will be. We're told in uh, the, the Word, in Second Timothy chapter 3, it's going to get worse than this, not better. So we can be Don Quixote, spiritually speaking, and, and flailing our swords at windmills. Or we can take the opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, you and I, we've got 50 years of history together as a mixed couple. We've seen our share of racism. We have had uh, both of our sons, but one of them especially, um, who was harassed by the police in Upland, California, regularly because he was a high school kid driving a nice car. Mm-hmm. And they just thought, well, he must be doing drugs. He's black kid or, or gang leader or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, all of that stuff is wrong. But it's also the world that we live in. And it's a little bit disheartening to see Christians. I expect this from the world. But it's a little bit disheartening to see Christians falling into the world. Well, we can make this world a better place. Just stamp out racism. If you were able to stamp out racism, there'd be some other evil thing right there. Because we are fighting an enemy. Who's infinitely more powerful than us. Yeah. And we can't lose our compass point. Yeah. North is north. we got to look up mm-hmm. to find the Lord. Yeah. You know, e- even in our city. I mean, I, let me just go back to, to when I was younger. Just because the world is the way it is, we are, sh- we should be improved a lot more by now. But I remember um, as a little kid, you know, I lived in Los Angeles. And as um, my family moved to the suburbs they put us because I'm a black family and yeah you can call me black I don't have to be called African American um, they they did what's called blockbusting so all the, the blacks that were coming from the inner city to the suburbs they put us all in the same area interesting study anybody wants to look at look at blockbusting after the Watts riots mm-hmm. and you can see what happened to Southern California and happened in San Dimas where you live, where your family moved. It happened in Pomona where my family lived, a city that was 91% white and the rest was, was Hispanic, um, Mexican, um, was overnight, I mean literally in a year, 50% mm-hmm. black. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we come from. And we faced all of those it was a lot different being in a mixed couple 50 years ago than it is today. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Even our own parents, your father, because mm-hmm. that was the way he was raised um, in white Iowa. He just didn't know any different. And so to introduce this black woman into his family was 
I don't know if it was embarrassing or just uncomfortable. Both. <laughs> okay. And then uh, in my family, for you to come along, it's like uh, we don't know what to do with this kind of thing. Um, I have my one cousin that I took you uh, down in Watts, actually, and he was sitting out on the hood of his car, and we went into my grandma's house. Well, when we came out, he, he takes me by the hand. He says, um, don't ever bring him back here again. I can, I'm protecting you today, but it's not going to happen again. And so racism has always been your, your side and mine. And um, even in our city, uh, we still have factions. If you go to the east side, who lives there? If you go to the south side, who lives there? You know what I'm saying? If you go in the northwest, who lives there? By and large, it's our, we're just separated. And um, so racism is, it'll always be, but we are supposed to be, as Christians, uh, better able to get along. I love that I'm called Mama Paula by everybody. And I've been noticing when I go to my other ministry, H-E-B, <laughs> that um, some, some people are... Uh, are are you okay? Are you are you hugging me today? And then there's some that are like apologetic, you know. Um, and then there's others like me. I'm like, girl, we're good, you know. I'm good. I'm still Mama Paula to everybody, and I want to stay that way. Um, but yeah, but it's a fact of life, and everybody has a prejudice. Every single person in this world has a prejudice, at least one about something that God wants to uh, get that fixed. You know, if you're a Christian, he wants that fixed before we go to heaven. Because watch this. And, and you know what the coolest thing is, Pastor Ron, some of your pastor's wives here, we prayed for um, the, the police officer who was the murderer. Because you think about uh, the Apostle Paul before, of course, he was Apostle Paul. He was horrible. He was just, you know, he was out to get and kill every Christian, man, woman, child. He was going to do away with them. What wasn't a kneecap, it was stones. Yeah. He, he murdered Stephen. He gave consent to Stephen's murder. Yeah. Gave yeah. the thumbs up. Yeah. And, and he put people in jail, destroyed lives. Mm -hmm. Which is exactly what's happening with this. And yet, because we know that God loves that guy, too. He died for his sins as well. And I hope I'm not irritating anybody. Um, he can still be saved. He's alive. Now, yeah, he's been a notorious bad guy for a long time. I'm not excusing him at all. But we still, as Christians, need to have the mindset, oh, man, Jesus, you died for him too. And see, that's one thing that's really lost, Paul, in, this, in, this, in the rhetoric and uh, the social media blizzard. Um, I dare say there's a lot of Christians so caught up in this injustice that was done, this terrible crime, that they, they, they if they were honest, they would admit they don't even want this cop to be saved. Yeah. If, the, if we were all honest, it would be, not that I'm, uh, uh, you know, comparing this guy to being Jesus, but that mob mentality of what they did to Jesus. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. And so, you know, we and, need to... And in the mob, if your focus isn't up, you're going to get caught yeah. in, in, the, in the, the fervor yeah. of, of the mob, and we can't help it. And, and again, I, I, I want to make one thing clear before we go to the phone call, Paula, that 
uh, I'm only talking to Christians. That's me too. And and our response, we we understand people that don't know Jesus Mm -hmm. looking for causes. Everybody needs a cause. We need to get angry about something. We need to blow off steam. But but not so for Christians. And for us to be on social media and and to um, harshly judge, to call for justice uh, when we ourselves are recipients of grace is as hypocritical as it can possibly get. We need to be men and women who will say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the the same argument can be in our political discourse. Just just look for the person who irritates you the most and love him or love her, Mm -hmm. because that's when you're doing your best Jesus impression. Let's take a phone call, Paula. We've got Jeff from San Antonio on line one. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. God bless you, Pastor Ron and Mama Paula. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. I'm glad to be here on date day. It's a good time <laughs> to be talking with y'all. I have two questions. The first one, um, at the new restaurant, um, are you going to have um, um, hot buttered French bread and warm pecan pie with vanilla ice cream on the menu? You know, Jeff. Come on, man. It better be gluten-free or I'm not going to be able to have it till I'm with Jesus. That was a low blow right there, man. You can't have what do you mean gluten-free. You gotta eat gluten free, Mama Paula. No, I've been gluten. Have you really? Yeah, about but almost ten years, I think, maybe twelve. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. she's, she's okay. She's no fun at all now, dear. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Young, gifted, and black. Oh wait. Yeah, that's it. That's me. Okay, that's it. My life that's matters, me. baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pastor Ron, just kind of going back to what you were talking about, um, I, I'm not sure if I've heard you talk about Philip Yancey at all um, as a writer, but his uh, that book, What's So Amazing About Great, mm-hmm. uh, started off right away talking about Jeffrey Dahmer, who was that same murderer, and uh, how he came to faith in the prison, or how it, and how people came and asked forgiveness or offer him forgiveness for, you know, killing their loved ones. And someone pointed out to me, someone, I saw something on the internet recently about racial reconciliation, and they used Ephesians 2.14, which I believe is really out of context, you know, breaking down the wall, the dividing wall and making one new man out of two, um, I mean, semantically, you could say, "Oh, yeah, sure, that's about rape," but it's it's not. Is it? It's really it's yeah. Yeah, Jeff, you, you, yeah, you cannot take a verse out of context and apply it to your circumstance. You just can't do it because you lose the value of the passage. That's talking about, this is a mystery that's been revealed to the Apostle Paul, and it's a mystery that, that both Jew and Gentile never imagined. It's, it's Jew and Gentile becoming one body, the Church of Jesus Christ. And so to take it out of that context and apply it to this situation with racial reconciliation, um, you, you know, how can the Bible talk about racial reconciliation where the Bible doesn't recognize race? And the problem is that we are so biblically illiterate that we'll let somebody do that and say, well, that's what it's talking about. Make, we just have to be reconciled. What we have to do is we have to reconcile. We're, we're ministers of reconciliation. We've got to help people reconcile with God. Mm-hmm. And the minute we do that, race becomes a non-issue. 
And if we forget that, Jeff, then we have lost our way and we're not giving people a message of hope, a message of life, but we're just giving them a meaningless message. It gives goosebumps. It makes everybody feel good. And you got every star and recording artist and athlete in the world now making these impassioned pleas. Um, you know what? The only way the world's going to be reconciled is through Jesus Christ. So thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that very, very much. God bless you. We we love you. Yeah, what happened to that song? We are the world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you're unless you're conservative, or unless you're white. No, it's just this isn't following Christ. Isn't about race. Yeah. Let's go to line two from San Antonio. We got Lennon on line two. Lennon, thanks for calling. You're on the air. God bless you, Pastor Ron. This is my second time calling, um, and I want to comment about the the issues that are going on with the. Racism, and you know, it's mm-hmm. something I think that we all ex- we all experience. Uh, I'm an immigrant from El Salvador, and you know, I, I've been through it, but I don't I don't make that an excuse, you know, to to condone the acts that are going on in, in our nation, in our community, mm-hmm. and you know, in Christ, that's where I found my true identity, and I, you know, that's where I found out. Who I really am, and I don't let those things disturb me. And I hope that you know many of our pastors don't get caught up in this dilemma. You know, and I hope that we can be peacemakers. And that's yeah. just you know what I have to comment. Thank you, Lennon. And God bless you. Thank you. Always appreciate new listeners. Thank you very, very much. You, you know, um, Lennon and Paula. Um, I, I, mark my words. There are going to be. Thousands of messages at church this weekend about race and about racism. And our job is to talk about Jesus. You know, I could, I could, uh, I, you know, I could use our life experiences and talk about racism. Uh, Lennon, as as he pointed out, as a, an immigrant, I think uh, he and and people like him have been the object of blatant racism. I mean, the whole world for years and years and years has been pointing at, we got to secure the borders. We can't let those illegal immigrants. It's just a right-wing cause mm-hmm. as opposed to the left-wing cause. Oh my goodness, but it's just another cause. But, but see, I could have talked about that last night, and a 15-year-old girl wouldn't have known that Jesus loves her enough to talk to her, mm-hmm. to speak to her heart. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't imagine standing in my pulpit and not talking about Jesus. Yeah. Not teaching the Word, mm-hmm. verse by verse. Yeah. And... Uh, mark my words, Lennon, there are going to be a whole bunch of uh, pastors who are going to craft messages that are going to be tweeted and retweeted and liked and 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 uh, going to go all over the world. And it's because it's what the world wants to hear. And if we don't understand the only cure for racism is Jesus Christ, then we're missing the point. Now, if somebody wants to talk about... Um, the divide in this country and, and Jesus being the only way to breach that divide, God bless them for that. But to get caught up in this swell of emotionalism yeah. is to lose our way and going back to the way you began this program, Paula, with Colossians chapter 3, we're not looking up. We haven't decided in our minds or in our hearts that Jesus is the way. Yeah. We're looking out 
and we're going to get lost in the sea of mess. Mm-hmm. we got four minutes left. Let's go to my friend Federico from San Antonio on line one. Federico, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Gloria a Dios, bienaventurado. Hi, Paula. Hi, Federico. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear from you. It's nice to hear both of you at the same time on the radio. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I, I just had a comment somewhere in Revelation. This is a, we are the people of all nations, of all colors, and all creeds. And mm-hmm. I, I applaud Pastor Ron of just keep focused on the Lord because going back and forth with racism ain't going to get us nowhere. Federico, we're going to be under the altar of God in the end times when you, you, you hear about all of those nations, those Gentile peoples under the altar of God calling out, how long, O oh Lord, until you avenge our death? Um, you, you know, the, the people won't matter. In the Great Tribulation, people won't matter. 100-pound hailstones are going to fall, and the great and the small alike are going to be hiding from God, shaking their fist in a, in a, in a cave, um, wanting to die, but death won't come. And, and, and see, we need to understand that, that who we are in Christ is the only thing that matters. And will there be racism? And should we speak out for justice? Of course we should. But when that becomes our focus, we've lost our place. Yeah. Yeah. We've lost our place. Thank you, Federico. Appreciate yeah. it very, very much. You know, Paula, uh, we got in the uh, end of Col- little over oh, two sorry. minutes. Little okay. over two minutes. Okay. In the end of Colossians that I, I didn't read yet. Um, the very last sentence in Colossians 3 says, For God has no favorites. You see, in this world, we think that others are favored over us, that somehow we think they're better than us and they shouldn't be, or we think we're better than they are, and that's the way it should be. Um, but God has no favorites. And if we will just believe that, that's a hard thing because if you've been mm-hmm. kind of pushed down. No, nobody would but, feel like a victim, would they? No. If they believe that. If we just believe that God has no favorites, I'm special. <laughs> I'm precious. And I teach you remember that. And so if the enemy or anybody else says otherwise, if I believe God, there you go. Lead everybody back to Jesus. No, baby, you don't understand that he created you for his good purpose. Not yours, but for his good purpose. And it's way better than yours. And you will save yourself a whole lot of trouble if you would just believe that God has no favorites other than you. You're his favorite. Well, you often accuse me of titling my, pro, my, my messages, mm-hmm. which I don't do. Well, But the, the title of this program is Look Up. Look Up. <laughs> because that's where Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. And remember, we're Christians, we're talking to Christians. Mm-hmm. If I was talking to an unbeliever, I would, I would condemn racism, um, and then I would tell them about Jesus. But I'm talking to believers primarily on this radio program. I want everybody to understand there's no other answer. There's no other hope. It's just Jesus. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow on AM 630 The Word at 4 o'clock for the Friday show. May the Lord bless you and keep you. We love the opportunity to come into your homes or your cars or wherever it is you're listening every day. God bless. Bye, Berlin, and bye, everybody else. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 
And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at CalvarySA.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Hallelujah.